It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual selves. And if nothing else, 2020 has taught us all the importance of being physically healthy. So that is something that um, I always mention at the beginning of my show. Um, Looking at your physical health as it applies to your immune system and to your inflammation level. And if you are on my website, www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com, you will notice a link that goes to Boomers Forever Young. And they have health and wellness products that can help you certainly do, you know, the very thing that you're looking to do, which is to stay healthy, keep your immune system high, and keep that inflammation level low. There's a lot of links in there that will take you to blogs, take you to little videos, and explain their products. And the one product that I think is one of their Hallmark products is Gladiator Barley. And Gladiator Barley actually is out of Canada. It's uh, harvested as a sprout. And so it's basically gluten-free for those of you that think that you cannot use a grain uh, because of gluten intolerance. It is gluten-free. And it will uh, definitely give you peak performance every single day. And uh, for those of you who maybe work nights, or have an active sex life, it will (laughs) definitely give you peak performance there. Um, It does remove toxins from the body. It helps to rebuild muscles, which we lose as we age. And it uh, reduces inflammation. And for anybody who is potentially pre-diabetic or diabetic, it is a lifesaver. So go check out Gladiator Barley and uh, see if that is a product that might benefit you. I have as my returning guest, Patricia Scavone, and, and uh, she is a certified hypnotherapist, a Reiki practitioner, uh, and also an intuitive counselor. And uh, she's an energy healer, which is a unique skill that we have in common, and has recently become a bioenergetics coach. And uh, that's something that uh, she'll probably talk about on a future show. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, she's used her combined modalities to help her clients live happier and more joy-filled lives. Uh, So welcome back to the show, Patricia. And I know today we're going to talk about limiting beliefs and how that can hold us back. And I'm sure we all have them. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that's alive that doesn't have one or two of those rolling around in their closet that has kept them captive. Yes, yes. And sometimes, you know, we can have limiting beliefs that are fabulous too right (laughs) our belief systems are what we think they are right and And they usually start at a pretty young age i mean i would say by the time you're at least two years old you most likely have some ideas about who and what you are absolutely and um, after the initial belief system is created we go through life just compiling more evidence in order to support the belief system already embedded in the subconscious mind. So it's amazing how the mind works. I'm going to share with you, this is uh, something that happened to me very recently, and I think you'll get a chuckle out of this, but I was over at my favorite park, 
And uh, there was a gentleman there that was playing a guitar. And I had seen him there before. And it was a chilly, windy day. And so I did what I needed to do with uh, the little library that was donated by uh, some friends mm -hmm. with me. And uh, I was leaving that part of the park, you know. And he was starting just as I got there. And now he's leaving. So it's only been about 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I passed him and um, he said it's too cold for him. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I mean, it's pretty chilly. And we chatted for a couple of minutes and he asked if I would like to talk a little more. And so we moved into um, the sunshine mm -hmm. with a picnic table that was there. And after about maybe 15 minutes of conversation, I asked him if he knew somebody. And he looked at me and he said, well, that's my father. Wow. And he said, yes, I'm the black sheep of the family. <laughs> And I was like, bingo, because as a family therapist mm -hmm. myself, I thought you have identified with who you are within your family constellation. And mm -hmm. he probably did that back when he was, I'm gonna guess in his teens. Yeah. Um, he had gone you know, and lived in another state mm -hmm. uh, for quite a while and that particular state I think had you know, musicians you know, back in the day, that was the, the place to go a lot of drug culture um, that mm -hmm. was out there. And so I have a funny feeling that he just did not live up to the family ideals and he was doing what made him happy at the time but then was rejected by the family and so said, okay, I'm the black sheep. Yes, and that you know, very well could have happened in that order or because of him feeling a little bit uncomfortable in the family dynamic. He could have chosen that road, mm -hmm. you know, but still having the idea that you're a black sheep and how old is he now? I am going to take a guess that he is in his late 40s, maybe even early 50s. And so we can say that he is still stuck in his old family dynamics. He is, he is. And, and I don't think he wants to particularly leave because that right. gives him his identity. Right, it's his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And But how are his relationships in that comfort zone? then I would wonder that, right? right? Right, Because if you are identified as the black sheep of the family, um, what's your relationship with your family like? Mm -hmm. Has that been mended? Has you, have you emotionally upgraded your emotional well-being, right? My best yeah. guess would be it's not been mended. <laughs> right, and that's really what it all is about, is lifting up or um, upgrading your emotional wellness if we're stuck in patterns and belief systems that we create as teenagers or infants and toddlers and those are not healthy belief uh -huh. systems, then we're going to be stuck in a, a life that doesn't allow as much joy as we could have, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so learning to work through it, I call it an emotional education where we educate ourselves in so many other formal ways of life, somehow we're all afraid of those emotions. <laughs> And the vulnerability that's really associated with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learning so, to let, let them go. So when people come in and to see you as a hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. and they're talking to you um, about maybe where they hold those limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. where do you find that the, you know, the majority of people hold them? Is it strictly an intellectual thing, or are they holding them in their body? Or are they holding them in their heart? So I work with the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. uh, they come in, they understand that their belief systems are holding them back mm -hmm. and keeping them uh, from experiencing happiness. And so that starts in the mind, 
but it also follows to the body. And so when we go into hypnosis, I always want to know where is your body storing this pain? Uh-huh. And typically it's in the heart or it's in the lower abs with the childhood uh, in our sacral chakra. That's many times, but oftentimes you can come in and find out that they've energetically locked their jaw. So they're not so talking. So that they're not talking. Yes. Uh-huh. And that was done a very long time ago when they felt that they that what they had to say wouldn't be important. And I may have talked about this experience in the past um, where I had a client up in New York who was um, high up in, let's just say, a governmental position and he had to do some public speaking. And he couldn't do it unless he had a little help from some pharmaceuticals (laughs) to loosen himself up. And I, I, I won't want to say what it was, because that's not really part of the story. It, it is in the fact that it loosened him up. Mm-hmm. But even taking the pharmaceutical, he still would get nauseous if he didn't vomit. And he also had a jaw problem where he would constantly be clicking his jaw. And um, it was so traumatizing for him every time he had to publicly speak. But that was part of his job. Wow. <laughs> and so when he came in, we found for him, he held the memory in his stomach mm-hmm. um, and what was related to that from his teenage years and there was a point in his life where he f- thought he's only going to get in trouble if he speaks that nobody wants to hear what he has to say anyway and you know now as an adult in your 50s and 60s you have a big audience waiting to hear you <laughs> right, right. they're there because they want to hear what you have to say but no matter what that belief system is part of his operating system mm-hmm up until the moment that we started to work together where he could start to transform those belief systems and understand them. So, so. for him, um, and maybe he is not the average, mm-hmm. but if, if from the time you identify that limiting belief, if it was in the stomach area, the sacral area, which is where we hold who we are mm-hmm. as a person, um, until he was able to release it, about how much time does it normally take? Is it like a six months, a year? Oh, to work on that? Mm-hmm. Well, it comes up in one session, you'll know immediately when it started. Mm-hmm. But because you wait until you're, well, not everyone waits. I do have some younger clients too. But if you wait until you're in your 50s and your 60s, your whole life has been built on these belief systems mm-hmm. that have been very limiting. And perhaps, you know, when he was married, not being able to express himself in the marriage properly. Mm-hmm. And so we take it off in layers. First we identify when it started mm-hmm. and bring awareness and healing into that um, energetically and emotionally and even physically, right? Because now he's, his jaw is, is open again. It's not like he's not clenching. Right. It's not subconsciously clenching his mouth. And so that had to have been incredibly painful because it's like TMJ. It is, yeah. yeah. And he had great movement in his jaw after that. But then, you know, maybe some time will go by and a trigger will come up and he finds himself now again not being able to be uh-huh. expressive. Uh-huh. And so, well, what is that related to? And uh-huh. where was the next moment in time where you reaffirmed that what you had to say wasn't important? I would think one of those triggers for somebody who you know, especially with speaking, might be uh, being in a, like a business meeting 
for instance, right. where one person raises their voice in order yes. to take control. And that that would be a trigger that would make him feel like, okay, it's time for me just to be quiet. Absolutely. And so maybe more work would happen outside of a meeting than in the meeting. Uh-huh. You know, unless there's clearly defined roles. Uh-huh. Of And actually, now that I think about it, it was very true because dinner time at home growing up was very difficult. And if, you know, you have a alpha male... You're right, 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 right. And you get a little reprimanded or questioned in a little firm action, mm-hmm. that would be very challenging and yeah. render okay. somebody unable to express themselves. Right, so that you'd be right back in that mindset that yeah. says, whoops, and you know. And then you leave the meeting and you feel like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I simply say the facts? Mm-hmm. And because of the intimidation factor mm-hmm. that was part of your your energetic makeup now it right. travels with you right. and so you know the sooner I feel you do the work for yourself the less likely you'll have these things come up later right in life but when you compile years decades upon this essential building block mm-hmm. eventually that's going to crumble because you can't do it forever <laughs> right um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, a number of uh, women that I've worked with who had a dominating father mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, raised their voices in order to, you know, control the family. But um, certainly in, in that situation, if the female ends up marrying somebody who is similar to her father, mm-hmm. you know, then you are repeating that same pattern. And until you're willing to say, you know, stop that, I won't be allowed, I won't allow you to talk to me that way, or you cannot raise your voice, right? Um, you know, for no reason at all, just to put me in my place. And how many yeah. women do feel that way? And I think well, some men, but maybe yeah. more women. So it is a lot. It's quite a bit. And in the beginning, um, there's a tendency to overlook that or not even be aware that it's happening mm-hmm. until one day your your kids are grown and you don't like the way that um, the relationship is working out and you start to make changes. Mm-hmm. Well, that sets a whole other ball in motion for everybody who's used to being to, right. who's used to you right. living as a silenced person right so when you start to make the shifts you're actually forcing other people to make a shift as well uh-huh. and that's not always very comfortable <laughs> no and and if the you know in a couple relationship or even a, a parent child relationship you know if if the child is used to always getting their way because mm-hmm. the parent gave in and now all of a sudden the parent goes, no, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yes. Um, then the dynamics change there between parent and child. You know, so Absolutely. there's a reshuffling. Yeah, there's a struggle in that too because mm-hmm. when we start to make the shift and, you know, first we're breaking through our own vulnerabilities and addressing the fact that we feel limited or stifled mm-hmm. or forced or we're doing something that goes against what we really want to do. So when we start, first we recognize it and we do the work on it, and then we have to, and we have to activate it and break through the new vulnerability because it can be quite emotional trying to now speak up for yourself uh-huh. when your whole life you haven't. And believe me, when that happens, generally the family will push back even harder in the beginning. Oh, they want to keep you right where you were. Yeah, and right. so they get a little bit louder and louder and. It's up to that individual to stand their ground and not shrink back into that old role. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
know. Do you ever use the emotional freedom technique to help that person get a little bit stronger, you know, because they could just mm-hmm. tap when, um, you know, they know they're going to encounter maybe a difficult situation right. and, and kind of say to themselves, even in the past, you know, even though maybe in the past, mm-hmm. uh, I would shrink away from saying what I want to say. I now right. know that I can, but I mean, just that simple tapping. So no, I haven't activated the tapping in, in my practice, mm-hmm. and that's something that I wanted to look into. Uh, we work mostly with um, grounding, getting into um, whatever comes up in the hypnosis session usually becomes part of their homework, mm-hmm. and starting to reinforce on a daily basis the information that they find out. So do they journal? Is that part so of the So part homework? of it is journaling, mm-hmm. yes, and... You know, because not only what comes up in the session, but it's a continuation of that. So it doesn't just end there. And then people become more mindful about their words. Mm -hmm. And they understand, oh, well, I'm operating from the emotional intellect of a 15-year-old. And not really many people want to do that. <laughs> Once they realize where, where and when this, this really became real for them, mm-hmm. where they started to shrink themselves, mm-hmm. now as a full-grown adult, they're saying, no way do I want to let myself be operated by the 15-year-old belief system. Right. It's not true. It was maybe worked then, but it's not working now. Okay. And that's you know basically breaking through, understanding the belief system, seeing if it's going to work for you in the future or even for now, which typically it's not. Mm. But then what is your truth? Who are you? Who do you want to be? And they know because it's been locked up with the part of them that decided they couldn't speak up, Mm. right? Their voice got locked up someplace energetically in their body. And that can very well be in the throat chakra or in the jaw, as we were talking earlier. Sure, sure. Or, you know, anxiety-ridden people that have... Uh, irritable bowel syndrome or mm-hmm. something like that you know so physiologically it's going to present itself absolutely you mm. know and a lot of people um, really get scared breaking through that barrier and just when they're on the cusp they decide I can't handle it mm-hmm. because that's the 15 year old saying I can't handle it right so when yeah. I was still um, seeing people a lot more than I see people now I had, and I think I might have mentioned this to you before, but I actually had a person who had 17 separate personalities that I was mm-hmm. working with. And I, and I know she had a 15-year-old that really did not like coming to therapy at all because she did not want to integrate with anybody else. Right. It, it was like, no, I am my own person and I want to be out doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And this particular individual would take... And the 15-year-old, the 16-year-old in that age range, which would not normally have driven, you know, hours away, but she would drive uh, to a neighboring big city Mm -hmm. where she would have just one half of a time over a Friday, Saturday, and Mm -hmm. Sunday and drive home Sunday evening Mm -hmm. and go back into being, you know, one of her more docile personalities but that 15 16 year old had one heck of a good time uh in the milwaukee areas where she would go so um you know it was big enough where she could get lost right and just kind of be her own person and i think if i'm not mistaken that's why a lot of people love acting is they can be someone else Mm -hmm. you know the the person that they are might be you know a little more bashful a little more shy Uh, introverted Mm -hmm. but they can get into character and then they can be that person that they would have loved to have been 
Right. Yeah, and I do think that makes sense for a lot of people in acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I tell you the truth, I really believe they would all go through the same transformation, right? As we come into our own, I think it's all part of human nature, where we've learned to turn off certain parts of ourselves that really want to shine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that part just wants to break free. No matter how old you are, it will find its way out. And that's just, you know, are you willing to take those steps to mm-hmm. do it? I'm kind of wondering when you say that, I, I was thinking about how many people that are in nursing homes or mm-hmm. assisted care facilities that actually want to break free, if you will, before mm-hmm. they die. Right. Um, you know, the, the man or the woman that has always been docile wants to be more outspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tired of always having to just do it somebody else's way. Mm-hmm. And then other people look at them and go, oh, well, you know, he or she has just become this crotchety mm-hmm. old person. <laughs> and maybe that's not right. the case. Maybe they really and truly wanted to express who they are and they wanted to have somebody listen. Do you think that's possible? Well, I, yeah, I do think it's possible. I think because one of the ways that we shut down and create these belief systems about ourselves is because we didn't really have anyone to listen, mm. right? And so we want to be seen and we want to be heard. And many times, if when I'm in session with a client and they're in hypnosis and in that vulnerable moment or that moment of awareness that they're putting the pieces together, should I say, I see you, they get very emotional. Or shall I say, I hear you. Um, and they will get very emotional because it's what they wanted all along. Right. And so, and and that's very important to recognize is that we just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. We want to be valued. We want to know that we're where we're supposed to be, that we're loved where we are. Mm-hmm. Because that's when we know we're in the right place, right? Right. And so if we don't feel that from our whatever's going on in our immediate family's lives during those times... We as children just don't have that kind of filtering. We don't have the emotional education to understand that there's more to the picture than what we can take in. Right. The other thing that I'm very much aware of is, you know, that all aspects of ourselves from the time, you know, we have our earliest memories, you know, as a baby, Mm -hmm. uh, that we might not be able to actually uh, intersect with, you know, Mm -hmm. to have that knowledge of, but they're there. Right. Um, That... You know, regardless of how old we are, all of those little personalities are still inside of us. Absolutely. And a lot of people think that because they're 30 or because they're 40 or they're 50 or they're 60, you know, that those are in the past, but they're not. You know, they're still very much alive and they react to triggers and they Mm -hmm. respond to love and they also respond to rejection. Right. Um, And so sometimes it's important for that individual to understand that just because you're now an adult with a profession does not mean that the six-year-old isn't in there going, pay attention Mm -hmm. to me. Absolutely, especially if the six-year-old needed that at that time. And what's really great about hypnosis and all kinds of healing, Mm -hmm. really, is that we can actually see and be with our Mm six-year-old. And we can hold their hand and we can ask them what it is they really needed to know about themselves. And that's a pretty big part of inner child healing mm-hmm. is then loving and forgiving that child for believing that nobody wanted to hear what I have to say. Right. Right. So I'm going to be quiet because it wasn't the six-year-old's atten- intention 
to be quiet for the rest of their life. It uh-huh. was just to be quiet so that they didn't get either beaten or punished or, you know, ignored, uh-huh. neglected. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> your subconscious mind still doesn't know what time it is, right? It doesn't know that you've aged all these years and gained life experience and wisdom. As far as it knows, nobody wants to hear me. And right. so therefore, it won't really allow you to speak your truth until you can give it that permission right. and let it know I'm not six anymore. I need to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, if a person is ready to give permission mm-hmm. to that part of themselves, what's the best way for them to go about doing it? To give permission mm-hmm. to... To be heard, to maybe do something that they wouldn't normally have done but you know now they're ready to do it whatever that might be maybe it's going back to school maybe it's changing oh. careers okay. maybe it's um you know leaving a relationship that's not healthy but yeah how so, do you give permission so how do you first of all you have to know that you're allowed to do it and how do you do that so you really have to sit down with yourself number 1 and get honest about who you are mm-hmm. understand you know this is if something's coming into your life and you really want to do it, and then you're scared to do it, mm-hmm. that's the fear talking, right? So if they and were so, journaling, if that yeah. might help them, because they can only be with you maybe for an hour a week, and yes. so they're going to have to process. They might do it in dreams. They may. Um, but One ex- writing? Yeah, I have an exercise that um, helps people really get clear on fear. If you want to do something and you're stuck in what if this and trying to always figure out the worst case scenario like if I do this then that'll happen and before you know it you've talked yourself out of doing the thing uh-huh. that you want to do the uh-huh. most because uh-huh. so you've got I, every reason in the book why it won't work yeah because right all you're trying to do is damage control before something happens realistically right. right so I typically have my clients sit down with a piece of paper on one side they write fact on the other side they write fear and once we put the fear on paper, we can take the power away from it, right? So let's say I'm afraid everybody will hate me if I change jobs and do something totally outlandish. Uh-huh. Well, the fact is, if you think about it, would you hate somebody if they changed their jobs? And you know, or even talking about divorce, would you, somebody really hate you if you they thought you should stay in a marriage that was making you completely miserable and physically sick? No, they would probably feel very sympathetic to you. But our worst fear is we don't want to be hated. We don't want to be ostracized, right? But if we can write that down on a piece of paper and say, and look at it and go, that's silly, nobody would hate me if I took the dream job of my life, they would be jealous that they didn't do it, Uh right? Right. And so really looking at what are you afraid of and sitting with the fear and, and giving it real facts, like, how long do I want to be in a job I hate? How long do I want to spend being in a marriage that's not loving, right? Do I deserve more? Am I worthy, right? Why shouldn't I have this? Because so many others do. And that's actually where all of their belief systems come out in those words. Uh-huh. I don't feel worthy enough to have this fabulous thing. I don't feel good enough or I'm sacrificing myself for the benefit of everybody else. Well, that is a big one. Mm-hmm. I have heard that a lot in private practice. Yeah. Is that, um, <clears throat> and also a fear of, of success. A lot of yeah. people feel like if they were to leave more of the mundane job right. for their dream job, 
then what happens is, if, what if I have to work a lot more? What if I yes. have to be away from my family a lot more? What if, what right. if? And so they talk themselves out of it because that would mean changing. Right, and change is an idea that can be hard. Uh-huh. But change can be wonderful. Right. And when people do take that step and that leap of faith, really, they're ecstatic. Uh-huh. And they wonder why they didn't do it sooner. You know, right. And that's really the biggest reward there is the joy that comes from taking the step. Uh-huh. Because that's what's on the other side of that fear, of that barrier or that belief system. Right? You just put your toes in the water and go, that's really not so bad. <laughs> right, right? It's right. not as cold as I thought it would be. Right. And, right. you know, life is can change so much once you understand what those belief systems are and break through it anyway. Or what's the current term? Lean into it. Lean into it. Right. Yeah. Unpack it. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we all have these, um, I'm sure you've heard the term, um, it's being used more and more lately, but construct. You know, mm-hmm. we've all come up with these ideas that are constructs that keep us in a certain place in our minds, you know, mm-hmm. so whatever that might be. And, um, you know, to un- unbox that, mm-hmm. you know, look inside of, of the um, maybe perspectives that helped you get that construct. Right. And do they serve you well today? You know, right. because a lot of our ideas don't serve us anymore. You know, they right. were based on something that was, you know, 200 years ago or 100 years ago. Absolutely. But, you know, it's not necessarily where we are at the moment. And certainly, you know, back at the end of uh, World War II, you know, women had been in the workforce contributing. Mm-hmm. And then they were told to go home. <laughs> you know, go home, take care of your house, right. and uh, have babies, and take care of and your children. And let the men make the money. And let the men make the money. And so right. we are leaving behind, you know, even still today, the idea that uh, women need to be uh, seen but not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're changing that. And it, it's right. been a very slow evolutionary process. But it is changing. Right. Uh, back, I, I just heard something. Actually, I think it was from a TED Talk, mm-hmm. which I really like. But I, I think this lady was uh, explaining that like 10,000 years ago, um, we had an egalitarian society. Uh, mm-hmm. Women and men were both equally valued for what they brought together to their communities. Mm-hmm. And it was only um, during the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. that we began to change and value men and what they did more than what the women came. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, today, you know, we're kind of working through those issues. So it, it really has been an evolutionary process to become more equals mm-hmm. between males and females. And yet that construct, mm-hmm. that idea for a woman who maybe has something that she really wants to offer but she's afraid you know mm-hmm. to still do it right yeah because not only are you breaking out of your own mold but then you're breaking out of society's mold mm-hmm. and you know the way i say it somebody has to be first <laughs> right it right. takes your courage and strength which right. you have anyway right everybody has it it's always there waiting for us to recognize it mm-hmm. it's not like we have lost it it just didn't get nurtured. Uh-huh. And so when we nurture it and stand up for ourselves through exercise, through you know dieting and cleaning, cleaning up your diet, 
so that your mind is clear, right? We know when we eat fatty foods and drink uh -huh. that our thoughts are fuzzy. We can't really stay focused on the bigger picture. But if we bring our body into greater health, right, by exercising, again, regularly, you start to feel energized. You uh -huh. start to feel fired up. And you start to be able to say, I really can do this. You tap into your own inner warrior, right? And you seize the sword. Uh -huh. It's easier because you feel energized. But if you're weighted down and you're feeling like, I can't do this, you get more weighted down. And it's almost like giving up, not surrender, but giving up on those dreams. And really, that just shifts your life to the negative. Right. right. That is one of the things that, uh, and when you bring up diet, um, that, that is one of the things that I think a lot of people don't recognize, mm -hmm. you know, because they are eating a lot of processed foods. They're eating right. a lot of carbs mm -hmm. that become sugar. Um, you know, they're not even going for walks or doing any kind of regular exercise. Right. And um, we are nothing more than a vibrational frequency. That's all right. we are in a physical body. Mm -hmm. So if we're not feeding our body properly and we're not doing anything to really take care of it, I, I used to tell people, I said, you, you take better care of your car oh, than you take care of yourself. Yes. Because we put gas in the car. We try to use the right kind. Uh, you don't use water. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you look at the tires and you change the oil and you do those kind of things. And a car maybe lasts you for somewhere between five and ten years, depending on, you know, who you are as a person. Um, your body lasts you for a lot longer than that. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, this is one of the things that I do talk to some of my clients about is that your body is your Ferrari, mm -hmm. right? And so you're not going to let your Ferrari get rusty. Mm -hmm. You're going to polish it and make it shine, right? And so be the Ferrari to give your physical body what it needs to feel healthy. Mm -hmm. and, and typically that's foods from the earth, natural foods from the earth that are so simple to get, so simple to make. But we live in a world where... Well, now it's a little bit easier now that we're a lot of us are doing work from home, right? But where you're always running around, getting home from work, getting the kids fed, doing the homework. We're in a rush, rush world. Mm -hmm. So we take shortcuts. But once you shift into a more holistic diet, you're going to see automatically your energy is going to go up. The cravings after three days are going to stop for sugar. Right, it's just those three days. It's just uh -huh. three days. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. If you can get through three days, day four is going to be easier. And you know what is so, so sad mm -hmm. is anybody who has a loved one that has gone into assisted care or a nursing home, in order to get them to eat anything, they have dessert on the uh, trays all the time. Yeah, it's a temptation. And that, that is where they go. They go for the sweet roll in the morning. They go for the... Um, you know, pie or the, you know, pudding or something like that at lunchtime and dinner. Mm -hmm. And they eat very little. Of, of course, you know, granted, a lot of their foods are not very appetizing, but mm -hmm. they eat very little of maybe the other parts that would be more nutritious because sugar on the tongue is one of the last taste buds as mm -hmm. a person ages or has poor health. Mm -hmm. um, that's something they can still taste. And a lot of older people report food tastes like cardboard mm -hmm. and it is because those taste buds are waning you know right. they just simply are not working much anymore 
Um, but it's it's so sad because, you know, that's the one enemy that everybody has is sugar. Right. It is. And sugar, you know, as far as desserts go, they're abundant now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be a specialty that you would just make it at home until we have the modern convenience of if you walk in the supermarket and you see you are just assaulted with sugar everywhere mm-hmm. you look. Mm-hmm. It's in everything. It is. And if it's not sugar, then we have... Um, corn syrup. Yes. yes <laughs> which corn, is even worse. <laughs> which is even worse. And so there's so many derivatives that are in there if you don't know what you're looking at. Right. It's disguised in another name but still equals sugar. Exactly. And so, you know, that's another part of it is that's an, an addiction. Uh-huh. which has been proven. Science proves that sugar is an addiction. Right. It's a craving. And I guess so, they say it's even worse than nicotine. Right. So that is going some because we know how hard it is for people to stop smoking. Right. And, you know, the other thing about it is is that for us to live, we need to eat. Uh-huh. You know, we have to eat. So it's not like we can just quit eating like you can quit smoking or drinking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? We can quit so many things, but our body needs the food to keep ourselves healthy right. and to keep us active. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, as people are giving up limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. which is hard work, you know, it it, it's emotionally difficult to it's go draining. tackle that. Yes. But yeah. if they don't have the energy because their body hasn't been fed properly and they're dragging themselves from point A to point B. Mm-hmm then tackling a limitation, you know, within is going to be extremely difficult. Right, and I say it's like going to war. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have to have a lot of courage to um, address these old belief systems. Uh It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of um, stamina, right, because a lot of people want to stop because, you know, they may not feel like they're getting anywhere right away. Right. And it takes dedication to yourself. But if you, and you know, when you're in the state where you're flatlining emotionally, barely making it through your functions during the course of the day, you almost feel really hard pressed to make yourself healthy meals. Mm -hmm. It's easier to grab chips and a Coke. Yeah. (laughs) And call it quits. Right, exactly. And so first step, I would say, understanding that you are doing yourself a favor Uh now by eating properly so that your body can really fight back Right. While you're addressing these right. limiting beliefs. So maybe one of the steps for people, you know, that are going to, f- you know, fight this limitation that they've placed mm-hmm. on themselves is the the first step might be to make sure that they're getting a good night's sleep. Um, yes. You know, if they need to tackle their bedroom a little bit and remove televisions and computers from the bedroom area. Mm-hmm. Maybe another step is to look in the refrigerator uh, look in their pantry and see healthy options right. as opposed to others. And so they could lay the foundation, right. more or less, for beginning the hard work of right. removing limiting beliefs because now they have more energy because they've slept better, they have more energy because they've fed themselves better, right. and now they have the ability to tackle the hard work. Well, and the strength, mm-hmm. you know, and I look at it like setting the stage for success, mm-hmm. right? Make a commitment to yourself. Even just one step, just taking the next step, and then the next step will present itself to you, and it, the next one, and before you know it, your baby steps have equaled one leap mm-hmm. and a bound, mm-hmm. and before you know it, that's all behind you. Right. Um, but you do need the strength, you do need the stamina, and 
the more you do it, the more strength and stamina and energy you get, and the more you look forward to going, to getting up in the world, and stepping out in the world. Right. And it is a process, though. You yeah. know, it's. Um, and another thing is meditation, and I encourage a lot of my clients first coming in. Their mind is so active. They're stuck in that hamster wheel that I call it. We call it the treadmill with monkey brain. Monkey brain, yeah. Um, but I call it the hamster wheel. You just go, you're going nowhere. You're running, you're trying to find solutions, and you've talked yourself out of every possible solution that had a positive outcome. Right. You've, you've um, negated it, you know, with just your own, in an hour. And so if you want to really get clear you want to start with doing some guided meditations so Mike why don't you give an example to people because um, I know what guided meditation is but I think right. a lot of people listening might go well what does that mean yeah so you know my own personal experience with guided meditation that was for other people that was never for me <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't get anywhere I was stuck in the hamster wheel and so essentially what happened was a few people suggested that I just go to YouTube and put on some guided meditation. So finally one night, I said, well, I'm going to go to sleep anyway, so I'm laying here in bed not doing anything. No television or cell phone to play with. I, I put that down, and I went on YouTube. I typed in guided meditation, and there's a lot. <laughs> there was a lot to choose from. Right. And so they also have categories, so I wanted a clear mind. And so I put in a clear mind or sleep meditation, and essentially what it is is soft background music. Mm. And you have some hypnotist or a spiritualist or, you know, somebody hopefully who's educated in how the subconscious mind works. Right. Speaking to you, creating um, a soft voice, mm -hmm. leading you into either relaxing your body parts, which is a one typical way to start, one body part at a time, but you continuously bring your conscious mind back to listen. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's a practice, because in the beginning, our mind wants to go do something else. It wants to worry. It wants to talk about how bad we were all day, that we didn't get everything done. <laughs> it wants to prepare for tomorrow's meetings. It wants to make sure the kids are fed, and it wants to do a lot of things. The thing about that is we already know that stuff. We've never felt it before. In bedtime, if you can set yourself up to relax, you're gonna sleep far better, far deeper, if you enter it into, into sleep in a nice, relaxed, even joyful state. Uh -huh. And so listening to somebody else tell you an adult bedtime story right. really is very soothing. And uh, you get lost in it, and before you know it, you're sort of floating off to sleep. Right. And you can do that during the course of the day. You can take 10 minutes out. Once you get familiar with the guided meditations, you can just take these moments at your desk, and you can say, in this moment, I am safe. You know, what I used to do with people is, um, I called it a five-minute vacation. Because mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, even if you were at work, you can go to the bathroom for mm -hmm. five minutes. Right. And nobody's going to bother you there, ideally. Right. So um, I would say go to your favorite place. You know, mm -hmm. if it's the middle of the woods, go there. If it's the beach, go there. If it's a mountain, go there. Right. But engage your senses. Mm -hmm. So what do you smell? 
What right. do you taste if that's possible? Did you bring a treat along? So maybe yeah. you have a treat. And that's observing, I mm-hmm. mean, um, immersing yourself completely mm-hmm. in it. And they have found yeah. that um, your heart rate goes way down, your blood pressure right. goes way down, and mm-hmm. that you really do emerge from those five minutes feeling, feeling very peaceful and refreshed. Right. Um, so engaging the senses, not just the hearing, Right, um, and so go. You know, when when we're talking about at work, you're talking about different scenarios than mm-hmm. going to bed at night. Right, um, finding your time at night, just getting able to relax, but at the same time, yes, engaging all your senses, which is crucial in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. When you're in hypnosis, we are all in, in it, and you're feeling it, and right. you're experiencing those emotions, which is one of the way, reasons why it's so painful to go through it because right. we have to remember you're not in the moment right we're observing the moment you can, so do you, you know. look at the person's face to make sure they're not going through any stress or struggling with something just oh they, yeah you're yeah. really you have to be very in tune i don't i do zoom conferencing but i would not i would never myself personally do a plain telephone hypnosis with uh-huh, somebody uh-huh. because you do need to see how are they responding are they even swallowing sometimes people get so choked up oh wow yeah that they can't get the words out uh-huh. um and they, and and you might need yeah. to bring them back up and into more of to, a conscious level right you just want to bring them back up and remember that that's your seven-year-old emotion like uh-huh. with your life experience your wisdom and knowledge gained since this moment you know, remembering that we're just exploring right now mm-hmm. and see how powerful that moment was, mm-hmm. right? Because you can smell it, taste it, feel it, and um, and think it's happening now because your subconscious mind is giving it to you all right. on in every sense right. of the word. Right. And so, yeah, so I do like to look at their face. I like to observe their body, what's going on, um, tapping in sometimes with the healing. You know, you can see... Um, the stuckness on them. I had a client once in New York when I first started seeing the colors on my clients. Her entire face was black and I kept rubbing my eyes going, what is wrong with me? Is it the lighting in here? And then understanding that everything that was sitting on her as we were moving through the session was all on her face and it was all just toxic energy. Wow. So, so did her face get lighter through well, time? Well, we cleared it. You know, oh, okay. I mean, she, I didn't say your face is black. <laughs> I, I couldn't. But I. So you could clear so it in one session. So in this, yeah, because you know what, your body is presenting it right now uh-huh. for healing. Uh-huh. And so if I can, in that moment is when I learned that that's what I was seeing, um, as we went through the session, your subconscious mind doesn't want this anymore. That's where the stress is coming from. Uh-huh. You're fighting against yourself or let me say that your subconscious mind is holding on but your spirit wants to expand and grow and your subconscious mind is living in fear and so your silent observer your soul wants to grow it's like you know I don't fit in these shoes anymore I need a new pair right, right. so we we just throw them out and get the next best thing mm-hmm. but we're so ingrained in the subconscious pit right but your, your subconscious also knows your limitations and it will present to you what's ready to go. And so if I'm you know, seeing this black on your face or seeing you know, green over your abs, over your solar plex or you know, something that looks sickly, I know where to go. Uh-huh. And I'm going to start to gear the 
session towards what's going on in your stomach. What are you feeling, sensing, knowing, etc. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, by diving into their senses, as you were mm-hmm. saying, they become more in tune with their body so that next time they can come into a session and say, you know, my shoulder feels like something's pressing on it. Uh-huh. And then we have a good place to start. I would think it would be so fascinating because, you know, like our eyes are the windows to the world. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, you know, if people are experiencing visual problems, it may be because they don't want to see mm-hmm. the accuracies that are around them. They, they choose not to. Right. Or, you know, we've talked about the voice, mm-hmm. but and we've talked a little bit about, you know, how the solar plexus works and uh, your gut reaction to things. Mm-hmm. But it's so fascinating because... Um, I have observed, and I'm sure you have too, people that have structural issues, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of their ability to walk, and they're bent over. And sometimes the bending over is not anything more than they're letting the weight of whatever is going on in their life bend them. Literally. Yeah, Yeah, and I could say even um, an instant with hearing, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. I have worked with many people who have literally in hypnosis recognize that their ear muscles in there the canal is squeezing because they didn't want to hear what was being said to them wow and it is amazing i mean this is just you know their words not mine it's like i feel so much pressure in my ear well why is that going on is because they were trying to shut out mm-hmm. what they didn't want to hear. Sure. And so it made me realize too, because people who are hard of hearing, can that have been learned? Right, right. Can that have been energetic? Now, like if you and I tried to close our ears, we couldn't do that, right? Right. But energetically, it can. Ha- your body will do whatever you ask. Mm-hmm. And so when so we're I don't want to hear that information. Yeah, or yeah. you know, as a child, squeezing everything shut, and I don't want to hear. I'll close my ears. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious mind will do what it what it, you ask based on the intellect that you have. What a fascinating study that would be. I don't know that they've ever done yeah, one, but you know, know what would happen if you say interviewed um, a thousand people. And out of that, you would find out how many of them have hearing loss. And out of that, you would find out how many maybe came from abusive homes. Right. Where there was a lot of yelling and screaming. And so Mm -hmm. as a child, they learned to tune it out. And then growing into adulthood, had hearing issues. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that's possible now, knowing what I know and experiencing it with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody even in recently with tinnitus. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a stress-related thing. Sure. And so uh, um, so that was wonderful for her. And she gained a lot of uh, peace and clarity through meditation mm-hmm. and saw that it would go away. And so, Oh, that was a blessing. Because yeah. from what I understand, that is horrible to experience. Right. And so it is. It is. And um, so if we can understand that we can heal our body and our body wants to heal, mm-hmm. our body was programmed to heal. Yeah, it can heal anything if we give it the opportunity to do that. Right. Well, we it will heal it in the way that it can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need a doctor's help, mm-hmm. and so we can. The body will scream loud enough until we go to the doctor for help. Otherwise, it's a self-healing package. The energy knows what to do. It's programmed. Right. 
Um, the, the one thing I would say about that is if we learn to listen early on, yes, um, then our body will guide us as mm-hmm. to, you know, you need to do more of this, you need to do less of this, I would like this, mm-hmm. I don't like this. Um, when we ignore our body is when we eventually need a physician. Absolutely. So unless you've been in an accident where you've been injured, mm-hmm. uh, where it's an acute situation, in most instances, if we just keep listening to our bodies, we can keep them on track. Exactly. And that's trusting, you know, not, that's a new concept for many people, listen mm-hmm. to our bodies. What mm-hmm. do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your body's speaking to you at all, always. Mm-hmm. It's that little voice, right? And you can ask it questions and and listen for the answer and, and listen, trust. Right. Trust is the biggest right. thing. Trust. There, there was something that, um, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, but this was so fascinating many, many, many years ago when I was in graduate school. Um, I was involved with, um, you know, like a study with little guys, four mm-hmm. and five-year-olds. And um, so it was so cute because, you know, we went with our clipboards and everything mm-hmm. and observed them um, at mealtime. Mm-hmm. And so they had the little small picnic tables, you right. know, for kids. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and what they did is they decided they wanted to see if kids could monitor their own needs mm-hmm. rather than giving them a meal that they might or might not eat all of. Right. Instead, they kind of put it out picnic style. Mm-hmm. So they would maybe have one table that had fruits and vegetables and another table that might have um, multigrain kind mm-hmm. of things on it and another table that would have um, protein of right. some sort. And what they observed was that these four and five-year-olds would go to a different table periodically. They would maybe just sit at a table that was nothing fruits and vegetables for one whole day. Mm-hmm. And another day they might be at the protein table. And mm-hmm. another day they might, you know, be more at the, like, pasta, but, you know, healthier pastas. And, you know, that is what they did. They actually balanced their own food intake what? based on listening to their bodies. Right. And as adults, we don't do that. And we very seldom ask our body, what is it you would like to have today? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We very, we don't really, we think about what we want to have or mm-hmm. what do we have in the refrigerator. Or what do we have in the refrigerator? What's easy to go get? Yes, what is easy? Oh, look, I ran so late. Now I just have to have something quick. Right, oh. right. Preparation is key for food, you know? It I is. I mean, if you're prepared, you're going to eat what's there. It is. And so if you're not prepared, you're going to eat what's easy. Well, and another thing to just have maybe the listeners think about a little bit is we do a better job for our pets very often, uh, <laughs> more so true. than ourselves. Yes. And so there's a lot of uh, pet owners that have gone to fixing, you know, like boiled chicken for their cats and their dogs mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just watching what how they prepare the foods that they're giving right. their animals. And again, for us as adults, it might be, well, what's easy? Right. You know, what's handy? Mm-hmm. So. Yes, and we have to remember that we are the ones that buy the food. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're, the animal is not going through the supermarket. But even, I mean, like when we want to have our shortcuts, right? We're the ones responsible mm-hmm. for the food that comes into the mm-hmm. house. So what's your favorite thing to fix? If you wanted an energy boost... And we'll kind of end on this note. But, you know, if, if you wanted an energy boost and you knew that you had been feeling a little on the sluggish side, rather than comfort food, because mm-hmm. comfort might mean grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup, but if you wanted an energy boost, what would you go well, about having? So lately for me, I just started juicing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's been giving me some good energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just experimenting with juicing. What else would give me an energy boost is give, going for a run. Mm-hmm. I was walking a lot. I miss my running. So this morning I went for a good run. Coming back, feeling energized, and then following it up with a healthy juice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to really set you up for the day. No, And feeling good is going to keep you on track. Right. 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 You right. know when you didn't do it right because you don't feel so good. Yeah. So <laughs> what do that. you put in your juice that you juice with? So lately it's been different things. Um, I've been using bok choy and kale, lemon, um, ginger has been a lot that's been mm-hmm. going in there. Mm-hmm. Beets even. Mm-hmm. I've been using some of the beets. So I'm just experimenting right now. But it's good. Be sure, um, because you're not 20-something anymore, be sure right. that you use digestive enzymes mm-hmm. with those particular foods that you're mentioning because they're very, very difficult for the body to digest. Mm-hmm. And so even though they're healthy for you, uh, in order for your body to assimilate them properly, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good digestive enzymes or probiotics out there on the market, right. yeah, and to yep. be sure you take them. Get those in your vitamins yeah. or wherever, yeah, and you can't overdo it with the juicing in the beginning because your body's not used to it. Right, right. So, you know, I don't juice every meal. Yeah. It's just a once-a-day thing. Sometimes yeah. it's not every day, but, you know, it's creating new habits. It is, it is, and there are some um, blenders that are, absolutely awesome for doing that because they're real heavy duty so you can throw all kinds of stuff in there right and benefit yeah um, i'm using an actual juicer now so it's not a blender oh okay so you just take the you, the raw vegetables you have to cut them so it's a little more prep work and you're just pushing them through the grinder mm-hmm. and uh you're getting uh, just the juice mm-hmm. it'll separate everything so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. What do you do for a quick energy boost? Um, I love fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I there's not a day that goes by that I don't have either fresh pineapple or mangoes or strawberries or blueberries or raspberries or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I have fresh fruit every day, which mm-hmm. is an energy boost for me because it's a natural sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I love nuts. Yeah. Um, and they're very good for you, high in protein. Mm-hmm. Um, salads, you know, that don't weigh heavy on your stomach um, right so yeah. I've got a, a little place a little produce place that's close to me that has these amazing Argentine red shrimp and oh, nice. um, so I'll put those in a like a, a shrimp salad but mm-hmm. I'll make it into like a leafy you know salad right. with baby spinach and stuff like that so nice. yeah. there's um but yeah it, I mean what you put in your mouth is <laughs> crucial to how much energy you have emotionally and mentally and physically it all works together so anybody listening to this out there i think it's a a really good idea to consider as you give up your limiting beliefs in life uh, to move to a more joyous Mm -hmm. lifestyle Um, i heard something the other day that i loved that talked about anticipating Mm -hmm. a joyful life And so if we can begin to do that, you know, as we wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. to start our day with gratitude and to believe that the best is yet to come um, and that we can make that happen. But looking at the physiology, the mental, the emotional, Mm -hmm. the spiritual, that it all works together, as you well Mm -hmm. know. Yes. So be sure to tell everybody how they can find you as we end the show. Sure. You can uh, send me an email at patricia at jewelshypnosis.com 
Um, my website is jewelshypnosis.com. I'm located in Palm Harbor. Or you can give me a call at 631-942-0506. Okay. And you do work uh, with clients Zoom-wise. So if somebody's yes. hearing this in Seattle, Washington, yes. they can also uh, contact you for a Zoom session. They don't Absolutely. have to fly here to Florida. Yes, <laughs> yes. I do work from here to the West Coast. So... And also up north, so feel free to call. The time changes has not proven to be a problem. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So thank you. Well, thank you for being my guest. And it's been we'll fun. Have, we'll it's have fun. you back in uh, about four or five months. So everybody go out there and please make this your very, very best life. Um, anytime you want to find older shows, they're archived on www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.